we are having a great interview today with one of my very special friends. This is going to be audio and video available. This is the Trigger Want to Talk podcast. We have uncensored conversations. So, Tiffany, you're not live on the radio, my dear. So we got to use some adult language. Please feel encouraged to do so. We exchange information. We have a ton of resources for all the listeners. So let me get some housekeeping stuff out of the way and then I'll introduce you and then we'll jump right into it because we're going to have a great conversation. If you're triggered at any point during this Trigger Warning Talk podcast streaming on all platforms, you can watch it on Spotify or our YouTube channel, Pentependent Consultant Solutions, LLC. If you're triggered at any point during this podcast, Seriously, call 911 if you need help immediately. That starts all the recording and the resources, those people that you're talking to on the other end, those emergency medical dispatchers or 911 operators, as most people still call them, are mandated reporters. So call 911 if you need help immediately if you're triggered. If you're not triggered immediately, but you still need help, we got a bunch of resources that are listed in the show notes for every episode that we do. So we have the numbers for domestic violence, RAIN, which is the Rape, Abuse, Incest National Network. If you have a sexual-based offense issue that you're dealing with, uh, we also have the number for trafficking and that website, 988. Remember that number, folks, 988. That is the 911 number for any suicidal behavioral health issues. That number is available 24-7, toll-free, no charge. If you have issues with substance abuse, be it alcohol or drugs, we have three bits of information for you. So we have the number to Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous. If you are a supporter of someone who has one of those issues, Al-Anon. We do everything we can do to cover all the bases. Without further ado, I'm going to introduce my very special guest, my friend. This is Tiffany Werner. She is a just, you know, your CV is so long. I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version based on what you sent me on your bio. So Tiffany Werner is... That is the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> Look. Look, don't 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 let me don't get me started. Okay, hold on. Tiffany is the host of a multi-award nominated and winning mental health radio show called Moments of Clarity with Tiffany that is live every Friday from 12 to 1 p.m. East focuses on ending the stigma on mental health. It's on the Tan Talk Radio Network. I've been a guest on her show a number of times. Tiffany is a licensed mental health counselor with 20 years experience as a psychotherapist and has a passion to educate and end the stigma on mental health through the inspirational stories and exceptional guests like myself. Just like you. I was just going to say that. Uh, Moments of Clarity has aired for approximately seven years. and no, almost eight. Going on eight. I need well, to update that bio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look. <laughs> <laughs> And it's on several radio stations and several podcast platforms and has involved to the tune of about, what did you got? Like you're syndicated in like 12 million people or something like that. Is it? So it's, it's on a, 8 a.m. and FM radio stations. Okay. Uh, and then it's syndicated in New York and in Texas. So syndicated means like reruns on yeah. some other shows. But then since I think the bio, I need to update that. I've gone... From Thursday and Friday, just recently to just Fridays at noon, and it'll be hitting eight years January. So January. really wow. close. February fifteenth will be my eighth anniversary from starting this long time That's ago, perfect. and it's on YouTube Live, LinkedIn Live, Twitter Live, several Facebook channels, as well as well mental health groups, and then also saved as a podcast on all podcast platforms. Uh, and I was hoping mine wouldn't go off, or Siri, or Google Play, or whatever. 
play the moments of clarity with Tiffany podcast and they will. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't activate those two ladies because my S I R I kicks in sometimes when I'm doing interviews and it drives me. I just me realized down. mine's not unplugged and it should be. Yeah. We call a L E X a Bob when we're referring to her. Because... Respond to that. Cause that's the Robovax name. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> double double hit on that one. <laughs> so my Alexa. Yeah. So over. I don't think she, as long as you don't say H E Y before it, I think it leaves it alone. But we'll start the vacuum because yeah. it's called we call it Bob. Timmy also is the author of a book uh that she is uh has on this site called childabuse.com let me pull it up on the screen here so if you're not watching this podcast i keep telling y'all y'all gotta watch these interviews because you miss some of the graphic uh so what you're looking at right there it was a must read for 2013 uh for january just the month of january um as a must read and it's called there's a light within you that never goes out and i donated it for that month to download for free so if you go down on that page um it says go to the corner of clarity or whatever i have my own corner whatever on the not on the bottom of the page of my paragraph that you're on oh, the paragraph. Says, yeah. go to corners of clarity or whatever and then it goes to there and you see the book there's a light within you that never goes out so i donated it to for free download because it's about adult survivors that adult survivors of childhood incest and sexual abuse and it's real stories i did 18 months of research because i had about five clients all at once that come in and wanted to heal from the past so that's supposed to be free to download i don't know why it's going to trafford publishing right now but it's in the works of being fixed you can buy it there but uh i don't receive any money nor do i want to i want it's free to download for that month anyway it got downloaded about 60 times according to the founder of childabuse.com so we just kept it on because obviously there's a undeserved shame and guilt of people seeking help for those kind of things so just stuffed it on and what is it do the math so many years later months later it's still on the cover because they took it down for a second and then the site lost traction. And so Dr. Gregory Chase, the founder of childabuse.com and I left it up there and free to download. And it's my donation because I want people to know that it's okay to seek help. And a lot of people are ashamed to buy a book, a self-help book that has real stories and uh, self-help because they're living with undeserved shame and undeserved guilt of something that happened that was not their fault when they were children. So, let me let me finish your CV, then we're going to jump into it, because I know you got something else that you got to do. Sure, this I'm sorry about that. Oh, that's all right. So Tiffany, is uh, she has a Master's of Science. She's a licensed mental health counselor, PA. She's the President and CEO of Safety Harbor Behavior Health and Counseling Center in a private practice. She serves as a licensed mental health counselor and works diligently in helping various clients find the light at the end of the tunnel that they may be searching for. Tiffany graduated from the University of Florida in 99, then received her master's degree from Palm Beach Atlantic University in 2003 in counseling psychology. She has over 20 plus years of experience as a psychotherapist and is passionate about making the stigma or taking the stigma away from receiving professional help for any issue, folks. She has worked with a variety of clients for the past 20 years, including, including maximum risk correctional facilities, substance abuse and drug rehabs, intensive and residential psychiatric wards. 
and many facilities and avenues of helping others receive the help they need towards living a healthier lifestyle. Tiffany Werner, folks, that's her CV. In short, we're going to jump right into it because I want to talk about this book because on the Trigger Want to Talk podcast, we discuss four main topics, domestic violence, sexually based offenses, human and sex trafficking, and we end every show with a missing person case. I got a new one. I'm going to show the flyer to Tiffany. You won't be on for that part of it. We cover all of these things. So I want to focus on your book for this interview, Tiffany, because I'm going to have you back on just like you have me back on your radio show. But we're going to focus on your book because this is entitled There's a Light Within You That Never Goes Out. The true stories of actual survivors of sexual abuse and or incest abuse that have overcome the traumatic do not purchase it. It's on Don't Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all that stuff. Saw checked for three dollars one time because it's three cents a book. I don't want to get paid for that. Childabuse.com. It's they were gonna fix that glitch. I'll just remind the founder to make sure it's free to download. Or you can email me at moc with Tiffany at gmail.com and just yeah. title the subject, copy of a book on I'll just reply with a free PDF of it. If you want okay. a hard copy, that's one thing I'm not sending them for free but yeah. to read it for free that's different because i did 18 months a year and a half of study with five people that were willing to basically instead of charging them for therapy they so at the time they came to me for help so i have a private practice and I worked with correctional facilities as a clinical director i've done quite a bit and i just had so many with adults that came in and said i am so sick of living with this undeserved shame and i and guilt and They've built different things, like um, different residual side effects to this of, of not finding a voice, not healing, being easily triggered, um, people pleaser or easily angry, anger management, obsessive compulsive disorder or perfectionism, need for control, eating disorders, um, womanizing, other things. There's different people have different side effects. So I went to the purchase curriculum online and I couldn't find anything I purchased. They didn't like it because most of it started off with a lot of scripture and they were mad at God. I said, I don't want to read a bunch of scripture. Not, you know, God let this happen to me. That's what they were saying. So I was like, well, how about we write a book? So we did some exercises, put some things together, what worked, what didn't work. They helped. And their true stories are in there, un unedited. Some of it's a hard read, uh, but then we came up with exercises of what should be done with a therapist that can help you with that if you're reading the book that worked for them. And I saw them enlightened where the need for perfectionism in one of them was gone. Another one said, oh my gosh, if this was the purpose of, of this book, of God allowing this to happen to me, this book especially when it got nominated for the author elite award two two years ago later like my book this my story actually made it to the author academy award yes and two of them sadly have passed okay. i was with them in hospice i was one of the first people on their call list and so those are the only five people that i care what they thought of the book and they were very excited about it so i don't feel like i deserve a penny for it and i want it to be their legacy and when i say that other people are like well you captained the ship or whatever but it's them that did the hard work and i put myself into doing research you could, there was a survivor group we would all meet together and then individually in in survivor group you could hear me typing to just like they all were like we we all speak the same language yeah i saw them heal uh, one of them left an abusive relationship and a divorce. 
another one. I mean, so many things where they actually were able to look at someone and make eye contact in Walmart. I mean, things. And these people were in their at least 40s and 50s and lived with this since they were violently abused as children by one of them, by their father, brothers, sister, another one by their uncles another one by their coach which by the way that coach went to jail because i was a mandated reporter the stuff that's in the book took them to court it was used in court and that person was and i kept waiting for that to come out and some person that was a fan of the football team that you put our coach away and like some hillbilly killing me for put right in the book but uh, the information in the book was used in court and seven or eight i think eight other boys that are now adults came forward and said that this coach in elementary school did the same thing. And when they pulled him over, cause they were going to do a sting operation with my client and he's, he had, he had reached out to him on Facebook and said, do you remember me? And he goes, of course I do. And he had a picture of him in his wallet, age 11 and took a picture and sent it to him. And he's like, I'd love to meet with you. So they were going to meet the detectives and wherever had even called me and said, we couldn't, we can't tell you what we found, but he didn't even have to meet with your client. Um, the stuff in his car was enough to put him away. And they found two foster kids, boys in his house that weren't supposed to be there. Oh, wow. And wow. so he went, he pleaded, he got 10 years, but was supposed to go for life. He pleaded guilty. So there's that grooming, like, if you don't let me do this, sodomize all that, then you're not going to play for the team or whatever, like things like that, favoritism, grooming, manipulation. So every chapter, every person in that book has a different story. Uh, one of the people, beautiful guest in the book who now passed, had um, been attacked. He had been running age 10 with his friends. He took a turn, the word crazy, but I'm going to say it on this one, with a switchblade, held it to his knife, or had held the knife to his neck. I get kind of shaken up talking about this because I care about them. So. Take the time. Um, yeah. And uh, basically, uh, you know, ejaculated on his back, told him if he told anyone, he would kill him. Um, so this person, we always called him level five, Tommy five, but because we, we did uh, anger management, or, you know, we would do a temperature check coming in. How are you feeling? Your triggers, everything. He was, you know, one meaning chill, 10 meaning suicidal. He was always a five. Road rage, everything, because that's his one. Like level one, that's as low as it got for him. Had three boys and was never able to take them to a, a baseball game because he also ended up as an alcoholic and was afraid to use a urinal from fear of being attacked from behind. And the way he found me is because his work mandated him to come see a therapist because he was angry. And so as I did my psychological evaluation, I get thorough. Have you ever been? And then we get to the trauma part. Have you ever been uh, witness to this, 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 or sexually attacked or try assaulted? And he's like, yes, but that was 10. I was 10. It was a long time ago. That has nothing to do with it. I'm like, yes, it does. <laughs> and then we started working on that. And he started to realize he was drinking and um, lost touch with his sons and was never able to see them for a baseball game. So I get in the hospice and I know him better than his own child. Oh, and okay. they don't want me to turn on the TV because he was a big Rays fan. Go baseball, right? Baseball. And they said, look, he's on his deathbed. His son's here. His biggest wish was to see a baseball game with his son and one's on at 4 p.m. He watched his son. He watched a game with his son and passed away the next day. Wow. Yeah. So things like that, we should heal from the beginning. We should try to not brush things under the rug and live with these things and not have a voice when we can heal earlier in life. 
because there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's not your fault. It's nothing you did and didn't do. So many people think they should have run. They should have screamed. They should have done this. They should whatever. Or it's their fault, especially children. They blame themselves. Once we talk about it more and people can say, I don't live with this. This is not my fault. I was manipulated. I was groomed. I was and so forth. Um, then they can heal and we can put these pedophiles away. Yes, absolutely. This is the Trigger Want to Talk podcast. We are sponsored by Anchor. We are produced by Pin Pin and Consulting Solutions, LLC. We are streaming on all platforms. You can watch these interviews on Spotify as well as our YouTube channel, Pin Pin and Consulting Solutions, LLC. We are talking with Tiffany Werner, licensed mental health counselor, host of the award-winning Moments of Clarity with Tiffany on the Tan Talk Radio Network in sunny South Florida, Clearwater, uh, Tampa area. She is syndicated in multi-markets, has over 12 million listeners on multiple platforms, Facebook Live. Yeah, there's 12 million reached. It doesn't mean all of them listen. Yeah. Well, I'm going mean, to be real here. It doesn't yeah. mean everyone listens. They can. It reaches that many and more because I don't know who's listening to other podcasts or whatever. Right. 12 million could, but I'm not saying 12 million do. <laughs> Look, I'm telling y'all, when I say that Tiffany is my friend, she is my friend. We have these conversations. We'll go from something super serious and tear jerking to her telling me, hey, make sure. That before we come on live or this recording to take down your OnlyFans tab <laughs> or whatever. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> he was on my show sharing a screen and all these tabs were open. And like before I let the screen go live or whatever, what what's open on your screen? We don't want any what is it? Fans only only, only you fans. educated me on what that was. So, uh, I was more worried about if they had a client or something open, but you went there, so yeah. I, didn't, I, I don't subscribe to OnlyFans, but I did. I do know sure. about it. Like, I was I was educating her. No air quotes here. I was educating her on. What and he OnlyFans educated did. my husband. Thanks a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> So we're talking about domestic violence and sexually based offenses with this book that Tiffany penned called There's a Light Within You That Never Goes Out. True stories of actual survivors of sexual abuse and or incest abuse that have overcome the traumatic past. Tiffany, let's go back a little bit here. Yeah. I want to talk about you. What made Tiffany want to get into mental health? as a career okay so the book is just a book like that just fell in my lap like i said there wasn't so something about me when i find that somebody else hasn't done it yet and i feel the need for it i'm one of those people that what i'm gonna do it you know so i'm not a survivor of sexual abuse or childhood of sexual abuse but i wanted to help and i put a lot of time and research 18 months it put me in a dark place to write 90 pages i don't fluff i didn't write i mean it still took a long time to write because i had to do a lot of research but it put me in a dark place where my kids are like can i spend the night out nope <laughs> like i was in a dark not every predator and i know this for a fact is becomes not every survivor becomes a predator i do know that and the more we talk about it the less people think they can get away with it or the more that our kids are educated on what to do if even someone approaches them about that back in the day so you asked me what brought me into mental health um 
I'll try to make a long story short, though. But I grew up in, as my great family. Uh, my father and my uncle are Marines. Uh, you see the flag behind me. When I say are Marines, That's they always say once a Marine, always a Marine. Marine, always Marine. Um, sadly, they both passed from Agent Orange. My father had three Purple Hearts and grenade shrapnel in his hand where he couldn't even open his whole hand because he couldn't. He didn't want to remove it all. Three Purple Hearts. So he's one of those guys that... Went, ate some rice, got out of medic, and went back out. You would never know it when you met him. He was funny, told stories. You would have loved him. You would have talked about the OnlyFans or fans or whatever. <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, same with my uncle. But so picture this about 20 years ago. I find I go to the, I'm getting ready for college. I had just graduated high school. And I go to the bathroom and find my mother lying on the bathroom floor. When I was on my way to my summer class before I went to the University of Florida. So I was taking summer courses at a nearby community college before just to get extra credits. And long story short, but let me backtrack. My uncle and my father served together in the Marines in Vietnam. My mother was an airline stewardess. Like back in the day when it was like stewardess, you stewardess. know? Yeah, all fancy and you had to look a certain way and all that. She was beautiful. And she flew my grandmother over to Spain because I guess they had stationed there for a second or deployment, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. But they went to go see a bullfight. My mother brought my grandmother to go see her brother, a.k.a. my uncle, but my dad's best friend at the time. And rumor has it they were so gaga over each other that they went to a bullfight and they missed the major door killing the bull because they were like in each other's eyes. Yada, yada, yada. Fast forward. I exist. So my dad married his best friend's brother or his best friend's sister, sister. Right. so that's the love story of that one and, and you're a native floridian i am okay i've never lived outside of florida i lived all over florida but never really outside of it i've traveled don't get me wrong but some base i don't know i've never found someone somewhere i would rather live to be honest. anyway so found her on the bathroom floor it tra- traumatized me completely and i was barely 18 she lasted on life support seven days, but went brain dead from a brain aneurysm. Then while I was in college at University of Florida, my other grandmother, her mom, passed away. And we say from a broken heart from losing her daughter. Like she just lost all this weight and just couldn't handle it. Then the grandmother that lived with me most of my life the next year. And then my father right after that, while I'm in college. But when I was losing my grip on everything, because I was a good kid, I'm so glad I was raised with my head on straight, but at the same time, I started to lose my way. And you could kind of tell. I, I lost a lot of weight. I had streaks in my hair and eyebrowing. I mean, just different. No judgment on anyone that has that. But there's still a little punk rock in me, I say, you know. But just I could see how trauma was derailing me. And I went to my father and I said, I think I need to go talk to someone. Okay. And he said, no, you don't. There's, you're not crazy. You can get through this. And no, you don't need to see someone. And that was my first introduction to the stigma on mental health right there. Where, oh my gosh, so only crazy people talk to someone? Then I started taking classes and I didn't, I was an undecided major, putting myself through school. I have student loans and they're not going to be paid off until 2032 is I was on my own. Graduate school happens, my father passes away. And in that school, it was a group class. We were the group so the first half of this class, you learned how to run a group. And the second half, we were, we were the group. And the professor looked at me and said, how does it feel to be an orphan? And I was like, what? I uh, knew my parents. I didn't find myself an orphan. 
but I guess textbook definition says it's or no friends that someone that has no parents. But I still don't see it like that. I think that's a wrong definition because I knew my parents and I was raised like that. Uh, my uncle took me under his wing as a daughter figure, you know. Um, he died a few years later from Agent Orange. If you see behind me virtually, there's a flag there. Yep. He didn't quite understand the stigma. But then hospice comes in when he's terminal and brings social workers in and they He's like, what do I tell them? And I said, you want to share with them whatever you don't want to worry us with, things that you've kept to yourself that you don't want anyone else to know and that you want to get off your chest. And he's like, that doesn't sound so bad. And then he comes out of this session and he's like, that was actually nice. I'm like, okay, Meanwhile, I'm like, do you know what I do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not full of crap here. So right. it does work. I saw that work because through my grad school and everything, they wanted to make sure that we were going out not blind leading the blind. They wanted to make sure. So I was forced into counseling as part of the curriculum. Okay. And even though I'm like, oh, that happened years ago. I've rehashed that. Oh, well, that, wow. why now? I had to learn to forgive myself as well as my parents were leaving me. Like feeling like, like the last words I said or things of how I felt and the anger and whatever that I had residual, I didn't realize the work I needed to do on forgiving myself as well as the situation and forgiving God, all of the above, because I was acting as if I was acting like a victim, like this happened to me and I used it as a crutch and I was an angry person holding on to that anger and everything is unhealthy. And long story short, it worked. And I realized that things happen for a reason. And that's the other part of the stigma where I wanted to start to not only work with at-risk youth, which is why I started with correctional facilities, became clinical director at, at maximum risk. I mean, these kids like in there for setting their parents on fire in their sleep because they can get their phone back or murder or whatever it is. Working with- Yeah, like the story about the 10 year old that's going on now. They killed his mom because she wouldn't buy him or she he shot his mom because she wouldn't buy him this VR, this virtual reality headset. Did you hear about that story? No, but actually that happens. And to be to be honest, in correctional facilities, you have to do something severe, but ten years old is like the youngest they for juvenile, like to get into He's being charged as an adult now. Yeah. Exactly. So basically, uh, Department of Juvenile Justice will hold them. So either it's a nine, it depends on how many points they accrue and the Jackson or the juvenile assessment center, like they get addressed it for something, 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 you get points and then eventually sent to a program because it's repetitive sure. offenses. You're I'm thinking of the word, but it's a repetitive offense, but there's a different word for it. So they're sent to a program sometimes six months, nine months, 12 months. I know and exactly then, what you're talking about. I used to, um, I got to go back. Before I got into EMS, I worked in IT. Before I did that, I worked for a nonprofit organization in my hometown of St. Louis. I live in Charlotte now, but I grew up and was born and raised in St. Louis. So this was back in the early 90s. So I'm a young 20-something-year-old man. I worked for this organization called Grace Hill Neighborhood Services. It was a nonprofit organization in the St. Louis area. They had a number of neighborhood clinics that they serviced and they had what we now know as urgent care facilities mm -hmm. in some of these neighborhood clinics. I worked in the public health department, which is a, it was me, 
the only two guys uh, and a bunch of nurses. I was hired to be, they hired me as a mentor dad counselor. And I worked with fathers, stepfathers, and expected fathers, 16 to 25, helping them in all aspects of parenting, helping them get jobs, get into school, whatever they need. If they needed to know how to change a diaper, I was the I was the guy. And we had a sister program that was a lot more successful than our program was that did the same things. I got hired also by a woman who has her own company that was dealing with a number of things, including juvenile delinquents. There was a facility in St. Louis called Hogan Street Regional Youth Center. And Hogan Street Regional Youth Center is a place where juveniles go that have committed a crime. And it's a place where they can go for, like you said, six months or so to help them kind of, hey, you know what, we're going to let you get your shit together. And if you don't work this program in this lockdown facility, you're going to be sent to a state lockdown prison. I was hired as a junior achievement consultant because I had done junior achievement in high school in my economics class. I was the vice president of the treasury. And when I became older, I reconnected with J.A. because I wanted to work with young people, young men. So she, this woman that had this company, hired me to be a JA consultant at this juvenile facility. And it was all young men. And they were going through some of the same stuff that you're talking about. It's like, hey, this is your chance to straighten up or you getting shipped out to, you know, whatever state facility, state prison. Mm-hmm. And a lot happened. of them were mad when they arrived because they didn't know how long they were going to be there. Yeah. Thinking, oh, it's going to be 21 days. I got this. And then all of a sudden they're like, six to nine months or nine months to 12 months or like uh-uh like they start yeah. bucking like wild deer and then yeah. it's kind of like well fake it to make it and they're like what and you tell yeah. someone i fake it to make it and they're like oh so you just want me to fake it for 12 months eventually it soaks in that's the thing like you know you want to do good and all that stuff and start doing the right thing and you get used to doing the right thing see the rewards and all that stuff and they saw it it just absorbed whoever yes and um but some of them, you know, sadly, were in there for dumb reasons. Like yeah, was, throwing yeah, an orange at a car and getting arrested for, right. quote unquote, firing a shooting missile in a moving vehicle. And they were just pranking a car. I don't know, stupid, I don't know, just being kids, but some of them for real. Yeah. Um, arson and uh, murder and you name it. But anyway, that was just part of it. So I worked through that. I wanted to be at risk youth, work with them. Moved my way up to as clinical director, then started my own practice. And that's when I did the grand ribbon cutting because I opened my own counseling center, Safety Harbor Behavioral Health and Counseling Center. I joined the Chamber of Commerce. They did a big ribbon cutting. Tan Talk Radio was there. I made a speech. I get a little bit like stupid sense of humor when I give a speech. There's a hundred something people there. And they're like, would you like to host a psychology show? <laughs> like, yeah, because I want to reach as many people as possible because people think that counseling is just for whatever, but I went through it too. So, like, I'm not only the hair club president for men, I'm also a client, you know, like, remember the commercial? So, like, yeah. I've seen how it worked for me and that the stigma is just holding people back, that there's nothing to be ashamed of. Not everyone's supposed to handle trauma. And fuck, in fact, our brain, our DNA is affected by trauma and bruise so we could put a cast on our arm if we break it and heal and it, or you mm-hmm. can not cast it 
it might heal, but it won't work the same. Our brain is just the same. And the brain connects and works and operates all of us. So our brain would not heal right. can lead to physio physical symptoms, high blood pressure, stress, all these other heart conditions, things, liver problems. People can self-medicate, turn to the wrong thing because they don't know how to handle the trauma and things like that. Anyway, so eight years ago, started this and tried to get people on my show. I'm not putting my business out there. Uh -uh, I don't want to be looked at like crazy. I keep hearing the word crazy, crazy, crazy. And um, eventually it started to click, especially once COVID hit. Everyone's starting to feel anxiety, depression. The pandemic is was affecting a lot of people. The lockdown, everything. Now it's becoming more. You see things on NFL, people mental dealing with mental health. You see her mental health everywhere. Simone, forget her name from the Olympics. Withdrew. Simone Biles. Biles. Yes. Finally reached her dream. Is like has eight moves named after her, gymnastic moves, like and dropped out because of it affecting her mental health. And then word has it that the coach was abusive. These things yeah, Larry so it's like yeah. if we don't talk about these things, people feel alone. And the best thing about it is when you talk about this and share your story, not only does it empower you for sharing your story and people going Thank you for sharing your story. Oh my gosh. I went through this and such and such and such. However, if we don't talk about it, people think that they're alone and they suffer in silence and everyone has something. Nobody's alone. There's someone to talk to. There are more people than you think that are going through something similar to whatever it is that you're going through. And there's people to talk to. So you know what? Pick up something that you talked about earlier. It's uh, not on virtual. I love when you, you get me just like make that face. <laughs> you look great in that and look at me ed looks great and i'm like oh this is wait i paused it at the wrong moment hold on let me it's let me fine go. i'm just kidding i don't care i'm really not that insecure don't worry about it, there it was, i just uh, found it funny so i brought up a picture well it's actually a website uh, this is the Cleveland Clinic, which is a world-renowned nationally known health facility here in the u.s when you were talking about your mom, there's an actual medical condition called broken heart syndrome. You mean my mom, <coughs> my grandmother? Your grandma, uh, on my mom's sorry. side, we call her Abuelita. And my mom, on my mom's side, it's Spain, Spanish. Yeah. So oh, Abuelita means oh, my yeah. loving grandmother. Abuela is a grandmother, Abuelita, my loving grandmother. Yeah, she was also well, the yeah. one that lost her son. And then just recently, my other uncle passed so they all are together now yeah there's an actual medical condition i'm tapping into my medic side there's an actual medical condition called well the non-medical name for it is broken heart syndrome but it's actually called and it's a japanese term most dangerous people are the ones that feel like they have nothing to lose like That's you know right. in the world and the saddest ones are the ones that feel like they lost everything yeah it's called to Katsubo cardiomyopathy, and it is uh, a temporary heart condition, but it can be deadly. It's basically, it mimics the person having a heart attack because they might get uh -huh. shortness of breath, chest pain. And keep in mind, this was one year. She died yeah. in 90, my mom died in 95, grandmother died in 96. So the stigma was still there because I was told not to go to therapy. And, you know, she was too. So she could have gotten help and not died from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Grief and loss counseling or any of that was not offered at the time. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is something that we start learning about when we when we start That's studying cardiology. Yeah. Unlike a heart attack, broken heart syndrome happens 
when a sudden physical or emotional stressor makes the heart muscles weak and rapid. So in a situation where somebody died, like your husband, your child, a best friend, a long-term you know, companion, and you have this, this reaction where your heart stresses out so much, it caused you to go into cardiac arrest. Depending you know? on how you handle the situation, it's all post-traumatic stress, though. Uh, PTSD, right. all of it, to lose someone suddenly that you're close to, witnessed, or caused. And so this could be one of the side effects. Mine was not so much broken heart, but handled it more... I don't know the word, but like F this, what the F, I spent every day at her gravesite for months, reading books, studying my college, whatever. At the gravesite. And oddly, I put myself into my schoolwork. I became a workaholic. I worked just, I never even once questioned, I mean, because I was just 18, so there was no funding for me or help from the government, whatever, because I had no, I was just starting my education. I was like, how am I going to get through life? This sucks. I went into survivor mode. Survivor mode is something different. Instead of grieving, which I was grieving, but went into survivor mode, probably more of a rebellious mode. Had to figure, I'm like, crap, I need to figure out what I'm going to do with my life because I'm alone. When you think about your experiences personally. But I got to tell you really quick. Hold on a second. I never opened a OnlyFans page. <laughs> 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 or, uh, I never that. got naked on a pole either, so I'm gonna be proud of that. I had to figure myself out, but uh, yeah, you, you you can't research that and find me on anyone. <laughs> Look, no is, any of you guys that do that, but I didn't. <laughs> Tiffany is one of the only people that can break my poker face, so I'm telling you, like she, I, I was trying to beat her to it. I was trying to hit it off. But she always has a way. You have a bad poker face. I would beat you in poker easy. <laughs> it's just funny. When, when you started working on the radio, how mm -hmm. was that experience? Because you've been on the radio on the air for eight years and counting. At first, what was I that was... like when you first started? <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> they, I didn't know what I was doing. They just handed me a microphone and ready. You're on the air. Like We would get a caller. I'm like, we actually have a caller. Like, I mean, I didn't know to go to a commercial break. I didn't know what I was doing. Whatever you do, please don't try to find the first episodes. I also sound really young too. So was then, was and, um, yes, but I had someone. He had two other people that worked beneath him. So Ed's my third one because I kept firing the other two. I'm like, <laughs> no, this one didn't work. This one didn't work. And and then Ed came along and it just clicked. Ironically a little a few doors down from my counseling center there was this music studio i don't know i met it was just we were passing out halloween candy he was really secretive to himself and i i'm like i'll never see you out there but you don't have like a meth clinic or something going on in there <laughs> just saying because there's no sign on the door and whatever yada 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 i found out there's like thirty thousand dollars plus worth of studio equipment and it was jeff bell he's a famous voiceover he's yeah. been in the radio for at least 35 years, 35 years voice for ford truck uh fox news all sorts of stuff i mean he's famous and i showed him the radio show and he's like well your content's good but you don't know what the hell you're doing and so he gave me radio boot camp. So if you hear the beginning of the show, welcome to Moments of Clarity with Tiffany Warner. 
Lewis has been working on that's his voice. Um, and taught me how to how to come in and out of a time to take a break. We'll be back in moments of clarity after this. That first I was like, Oh, it's break time, we'll see you in a minute. Time to go by. Like, I don't know. The very end, instead of closing the show, it's kinda like, Oh, my time's up. Bye. <laughs> like, I am not kidding. So I got I got I uh I got a lot of knowledge from him as kindly because he was like he saw potential in the content of my work but that i just needed someone to tell me what to do things happen for a reason serendipity like i was meant to do this for a reason and famous jeff bell was two doors down and finds out from my cleaning service that oh she hosts a radio show and he's like really so then he wants to talk to me and then yada 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 i learn how to host people ask how did you get into that how did you learn it and i usually say youtube you're the first person i actually told the truth <laughs> I, I watched it on youtube what is Ed's role on the show? Ed the works radio? At, okay, so basically, I am not an employee of Ten Talk Radio. I host a show, and uh, so the sponsors help me pay for the airtime, and I host a show on the radio show, but I am not employed by them. So Ed is the employee, and he runs the start and the breaks and ends the show. So, so he's the engineer, basically, producer? Not the producer. I find the guest. I produce everything. He's the engineer, basically. He makes sure there's no dead radio air, and he's the engineer. But also, he's part of my show. He's kind of become Ed, you know? We love Ed. We love Ed. So yeah, I've made him a part of my show, but not everyone else even says hi to him or anything like that while on the air. You know what I mean? They don't make him a part of the show, but Ed and I are friends and I like Ed in the show. So I always make it my business to acknowledge Ed in the chat. If I'm on there, he live, yeah, but basically he's there. He's like, who's the guest today? If I'm sick, do we need to have a replay? Who's the guest today? And then are you coming in the studio or not? And then I'll send him scripts for people that want to advertise if they want it in his voice. He'll make sure that the, the ads, the commercials are all run and uh, make sure to charge my credit card every week. <laughs> make sure we end up, you know, and he'll cover for me if I'm late to the show or whatever, that kind of thing. We got a few That's more minutes. Part. Here's what I want to ask you about. In today's climate, more and more people are seeking mental health. In today's climate? Climate. Or I, when I say climate, maybe that's the wrong word. I don't, I don't know. My brain, today's, my brain went somewhere. My ADD I get, what you're saying. I get what you're saying. In today's situation and world. In today's world. Right. Okay. More and more people are acknowledging that mental health crisis that they are experiencing or have experienced. I have coined this phrase. If you hear from anybody else, they got it. Mental health crisis is the world's oldest continuous pandemic that's been around since the beginning of mankind, period. Mm -hmm. LP said it. I'm claiming it. Might anybody as well patent that and copyright it now. Yeah. We'll let try so, to steal your stuff. Yeah. So when I thought about that or how I came up with that, it was during the pandemic, you know, uh, and I thought, man, you know, I kept going on these social media platforms. I kept talking to other mental health professionals like you and others. This is before I started the podcast. And I thought about all the work that I've done as a first responder. Most people think, you know, you EMS guys and girls and people, all your deal with is heart attacks and strokes and fire suppressions and you know, extricating somebody from a car accident and all this stuff or whatever, gunshots. You see a lot. Violence. You can be a therapist. But you know what? You can be a therapist too. So many of my calls 
were more on mental health issues. You know, the gunshots were not just gang shit. They were intimate partners doing it. The stabbings weren't just, you know, some, you know, street fight or something like that. These were domestic violence related situations. Uh, we see these active violent incidents or violent critical incidents where it's a school shooting or a nightclub uh, incident or what happened at the University of Idaho. It wasn't a gun that was involved. These were sharp edge weapons. Mm -hmm. We see it all over the place. I get breaking news stories every day, too. Every single day when there's an active violent yeah, incident. You violent love the news. I avoid it sometimes. It's always depressing. So what's your I question? Know. My question to you is, from your perspective, do you believe more people are calling? Because your, your phone should be blowing up. I have a wait list. So they, my, my husband calls me a pioneer because when I started the radio show, yeah. Eight years ago, no one wanted to talk about mental health. It was hard for me to get guests before. But, hey, you want to be right. a guest? They're like, no, I don't want people knowing my business. Or or if they were a guest, well, don't bring this up. Don't bring this up. Don't. They don't want to be transparent because they're afraid what people are going to think or what their yeah. job might think or whatever. Now people are asking to be guests on the show. It's different. But even just the radio, I was just one of the first that I knew of that was talking about all this stuff because... I didn't want to really be in the limelight. I just don't mind being in it. Like I don't, I was blessed with the gift of not caring what people think. I was passionate about, oh my gosh, people need to know it's okay to not be okay. Like I was because of the stigma that I told you years ago that my father said, you're not crazy. You don't need help. But I definitely needed to find help. I needed to, or I would be one angry bee right now if I didn't heal myself, forgive myself. You know what I mean? Because I would be living like a victim Oh my gosh, this happened. My parents were taken from me when I was young. Nah, 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 nah. And I've had a shit like, <gasps> I cuss. Anyway, so hey, no, I know, is... but I don't normally. I, I got out of that habit anyway. Anyway, so, okay, so, so then um, eventually it started to evolve. And um, when we started getting quarantined and the pandemic and all of that, people were having a hard time working from home or being alone. There were so many people that were quarantined where we weren't able to leave. Remember, we were all on lockdown that didn't have family, didn't have internet, didn't have anyone. They were locked in by themselves, you know? Um, imagine being those people that didn't have company, even the family. My pets were freaking out. They, I had to give them CBD oil like for in their food because of anxiety. Like, they were like, oh, saying like, don't you have somewhere to go? Because none of us were leaving. Yeah. You know, things like that. I mean, everyone. So the virtual health used to not be allowed. This telehealth kind of thing. It always had to be in an office. So I still have an office and everything like that. But now it started to, I think insurance companies and everybody started to see that people were liking virtual because it you don't have to worry about the commute, um, driving somewhere or whatever. Some people miss the in-person sessions. I don't have to have shoes. I'm not wearing shoes. Ooh. Me? I have on shoes right now. I'm not going to tell you my pants. If I'm wearing pants or not, you're going to wonder. <laughs> See? But I don't have to. Your there you go. <laughs> of course I have pants on. No, but, uh, or do I? No. Um, <laughs> but the clients don't i don't know it just saves a lot of gas and especially with the inflation and all that stuff but a lot of a lot of people also worried about being seen walking into a therapy office or being seen in the lobby and that was another thing that's a whole different show, that's a whole show. We're about yeah but that was another stigma i saw as well is when waiting in a lobby 
when I you know, they were afraid to bump into someone they knew. I got two more quick questions for you. One is if you could write a letter or an email to little Tiff when you were a little kid. I've already done say? all that. I what, would you say? what would you say? I mean, watch out. You're going to meet some dude named Larry Penton and he's going to put you on their show and and, <laughs> and be nice. To and he's going to teach you about OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> find them sooner. Find them sooner. <laughs> I want right. to find you. Find them earlier. No, I don't know. They, you know, that things are gonna be okay. In that, I don't know. Um, I did this in therapy already, but that you know, you're not alone, and that I'm gonna have my own family one day, and everything's gonna be okay. We got all your social media links. We're gonna post a couple of them in the show notes. Uh, I want to thank you so much. I know you got to run for another show. The fireplace ran its hour, so I had to turn off my fireplace. Yeah. So <laughs> Perfect time. We'll end it with that. Tiffany Warner, folks. Licensed yeah, member. Yeah, very passionate, folks. She, I'm telling you, check her out every Friday on the Tan Talk Radio Network. I'll have the links to the show uh, in the show notes as well as her contact information. Tiffany, I want to thank you so much. And go to Moments of Clarity with Tiffany and look Moments at Larry Benton's interviews. There's a few of them. There's a few. We got one of them right now. Yeah, and we got um, we got more coming. Yep, yep. We already made a pact. Thank you, swear. Thank you. Thank you, swear. All right. Thank you so much for having me on Trigger Warning. It's you're doing a great job. What you do here. Sometimes you guys, I got to tell you, he sends me links to articles that I wouldn't have seen. And it's like, wow, my eye opening. There's some there's some stuff in the world today that people just don't want us to know about. And sometimes I wish I didn't know because there's some things you you wish you didn't know. Ignorance is bliss sometimes. And then you see stuff and you, you can't unsee it. But at the same time, it's to each their own. Like, I think I know too much. So I wish I knew less. But then again, where would that get me? So, so anyway, be kind to yourself and a stranger. You never know what they're going through. And thanks for having me. Change can only come when we stand together as one. Peace and blessings, my friend. Till next You're time. Well, thanks for your listeners. Follow and give Larry a like and subscribe and share his content to your friends. We want to thank our guest, Tiffany Warner, licensed mental health counselor, for coming onto the platform coming on to the Trigger Warning Talk podcast, sharing her story. We have all kinds of conversations on this platform, serious laughter. It's all relative to your mental health. We're going to close out the show with a missing person case. This case comes from a friend of the show, Theta Person, who I interviewed earlier this year, talking about her son, Christian Ferguson, and the case of Missouri versus Ferguson, Christian's dad, who was convicted for murder of Christian Ferguson, his biological son. We always do a missing person case at the end of every episode. Theda not only is the mother of Christian Ferguson, she also created this nonprofit organization called lookingforanangel.org. Got it here on the screen. So again, we want people to watch these interviews because you're going to miss some of this stuff. However, if you only like audio podcasts, that's great. We will have the link to this story in the show notes for this interview. We're going to cover the missing person case of Latrinice Norrington. Let me read the information that Theta and her organization put together on the flyer. This comes from the secretary of Looking For an Angel, Regina Sykes, who also is a friend of the show. And I would say even the family, which is another story. This is the Latrinice Norrington, St. Louis County. Authorities say Latrinice was last seen around 10 p.m. on November 14, 
2022 near West Florissant and Dunn Road in St. Louis County. St. Louis County is its own suburb. 91 municipalities is where I work in the fire department in St. Louis County, Missouri. Uh, she has she has not been in contact with her family and friends since she was last spotted. She was driving a 2005 white Nissan Altima with Missouri license plates Charlie Victor 8 Charlie 0 Unity CV8C0U. Again, missing November 14, 2022. Missing from St. Louis County, Missouri in the United States. Age at report. 43, sex female, eyes brown, height four foot one, excuse me, four foot 11 inches. Again, four foot 11 inches. Weight 130 pounds, hair black. If you have any information on this case, please call the St. Louis County Police Department at 314-615-5317. Again, if you have any information about the whereabouts, good, bad, ugly, or indifferent of Latranice Norrington, L-A-T-R-A-N-I-C-E. Norrington, N-O-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N. Please call the St. Louis County Police Department at 314-615-5317 or just call 911. Even if you don't live in Missouri, you can call 911. If you have any information, you can reference this case. You can reference the Latrinese Norrington and they can help direct you to the proper authorities. Um, I want to thank Theta Person, Regina Sykes, and also Paula Cozy Hill, the staff and the founders of Looking for an Angel Incorporated. Uh, they got a great hashtag. We can't find those we can't see. Hashtag looking for an angel. And that website is lookingforanangel.org. Again, lookingforanangel.org. I'll have a link to this story and the flyer that is being referenced in the show notes here. For Tiffany Warner, I'm Larry Penton. As always, in closing, live in awareness. Never, ever live in fear. Keep your head on a swivel. Make sure that you understand that when it comes to active violent incidents or violent critical incidents, it's not a matter of if, but when and where one of those things will happen. House of worship, school, business, hospital, community, it can be a sporting event, wherever. Make sure that you are a by-doer instead of a bystander. Take a first aid class, CPR class, stop the bleed class. Do something to be an immediate responder because the life you save may be someone that you care about. With that, LP out.